everyone and welcome to Bear All, the brand new dating and sex podcast by open-minded dating app Bear. I'm Sophie, the host, and each week I'll be joined by a fab guest who'll be coming on and talking about all things sex and dating related. Grab a glass of wine, sit down and enjoy the episode. Hello everyone and welcome to Bear All. This week we're going to be talking about dating with a mental health condition and I'm joined by podcaster and blogger Anastasia McLean yeah (laughs) who um hosts the bipolar diaries and yeah is very open about talking about mental health and destigmatizing mental health conditions thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for having me I'm really excited I'm really excited too it's something that I'm quite passionate about myself Would you mind just talking a little bit about um, your podcast and the work you do? Yeah, Yeah. sure. Um, So I have a podcast called The Bipolar Diaries and I also have a blog. The blog started originally, it was an idea I had during lockdown just to share basically my journey and experience with bipolar. Um, And yeah, it's now turned into a podcast and I come at it kind of from a different angle, I like to think. I use a lot of humor in my um, podcast just because I think it helps break down that kind of uncomfortable conversation and the reason I do that is because I'm not only trying to get people to feel less alone and relate to it but I also want to educate those that don't have bipolar and kind of make them feel more comfortable talking about it but also like the humor helps me get through my everyday you know I don't think I could get through life without laughing and kind of you know at my own expense (laughs) so that's basically what I do I love doing it and yeah so I basically just want to educate and help as many people as possible and break the stigma that that is around bipolar it's amazing yeah it's such important work because I think whilst we've seen such a an increase in understanding and awareness around mental health I do sometimes feel like it's mainly around anxiety and depression and sometimes yeah lots of other conditions or you know uh forgotten about or still stigmatized or people sort of scared of them whereas you know whilst it's important to talk around anxiety and depression I think sometimes um for example bipolar is forgotten about and doesn't yeah you know, we're not really breaking stigmas around that because all our energy is sort of focused on on anxiety um, yeah completely agree I think it's more based around everyday people's struggles with you know anxiety here and there not the kind of clinically diagnosed people so yeah yeah and I think yeah bipolar is one that a lot of people that I've you know seen who have commented to me they had no idea about some of the stuff that that it was all kind of just cliches or myths that they Mm. didn't realize were actually just not true or they needed more information on so it's been really good yeah I mean it's 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 such important work before we dive into all of that we're going to start with the sex position game which is Yay. super fun so we I'm really excited it is it's I honestly it's like the highlight of my day when I get to do this um <laughs> so our wonderful uh, social media assistant Enya has sent us um a unique sex position so if you're ready to open it up yeah I'm really nervous because I feel like this is going to show that I'm actually really like vanilla <laughs> like I, mean, I like to think I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah I think I think everyone's like that oh yeah um but um I what's I gonna say I have yet to get one right um which I don't know what that says about me oh my god I don't even know if I need my glasses wait <laughs> okay I found it right I have opened it I mean I've personally never done that just because 
I'm probably too self-conscious about like how heavy I am. I would just, I would be like, oh, I can't do it. But I don't know. It almost looks like a, I know it's not a wheelbarrow, but. Yeah. So yeah. To, to explain what we're looking at, it's um, in this image, it is um, what I'm assuming to be two men, but I think it could be the, um, the person being penetrated could uh, be a, a, a woman um, depending mm-hmm. As in, I don't think it's it's just for a sex person for two men, but um, so you've got the someone standing up, um, and the other person is sort of clinging on to them. Um, mm. Almost imagine that the person clinging on, if they were lying down, it would be like a cowgirl position, but then they become vertical. Um, would is that a good way? Of and they've both it? got they've both got their arms linked around each other around the chest area. Yeah, can you see that? Yeah, kind and of. The so, other, the first, the one that's up, that one that's in the air looks like they're sitting down and just bent over with their arms. Does that make sense? But just put yeah, it vertical. Yeah, like they're in yeah. yoga boat position, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, oh I, gosh, I would not know what that is. I wonder who's doing the, like, the thrusting because, or I guess, I guess it's the person actually sort of more think, riding because. I mean, I couldn't do that. That's like a cardio session. I would yeah, have to train to do yeah, that. Yeah, that is, to be honest, that's been the conclusion of like all of these um, ones that I've done so far is that you need to be in very good shape because the core muscles yeah. of both of them um, and the arm muscles of the person carrying them up. Um, yeah, so what, what are you yeah. going to go with for the name of it? I don't even, I want to say like standing something. Um yeah, I, I I don't know. All like all that's coming to my head is wheelbarrow, but I know that's at, not at all a wheelbarrow. Um, I just got standing. I don't know, standing crouch or something. I don't know. Oh I yeah. Um. Oh, so I've got unless it's called like the standing cowgirl, but I guess they don't really let them know. Yeah. Um, maybe this. Um, like standing seat or something like it looks like they're sitting on them but vertically I always want to go like just like standing ovation or something that's quite like showy yeah oh I know one that has um citizen uh oh I don't know the name of it but it has it's about like standing citizen is it I was gonna say standing citizen I don't know but I mean that makes more sense (laughs) yeah Um, I I don't know I mean, I've never tried that, but what's your, oh, what's no, your final your final suggestion? I still want to go with standing like seat or something. Okay. I don't know. I'm gonna yeah, go that's standing my... of standing ovation. I think. Let's see. Okay. okay I mean, I... yours sounds better. <laughs> oh, okay. It's called what is it? the Hang Ten. I don't get no, that. No, I never would have guessed that. No, Hang. I guess because they're hanging off, but I don't know what the Ten is. Is that because you're using both hands and like you know how hang five isn't that like a high five? Uh, no. Yeah, that must be it. Maybe. I don't know. I just fully threw out a guess there. No, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, literally the conclusion is always that I do not have the core strength to do any of these. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I just that made me feel really like inadequate. Oh. <laughs> I did not feel. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm just lazy or I don't know. But <laughs> I want to be having fun, not not a workout. Um, exactly. So I agree. yeah, so let's dive in to 
my you know massive array of questions I will try not to yes. <laughs> keep you too long but do you think having bipolar disorder has affected your dating and relationship life a hundred percent there is like it I mean, bipolar affects everything in life, but especially when it comes to dating, because you're adding an extra person into the mix and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it affects it in both ways, whether I'm in a relationship, it's affected it, um, like the other person or whether I'm not in a relationship and I'm dating and it's had a negative impact with like people who can't accept it. So a hundred percent, it's definitely affected my dating and relationships but I guess it just is to how I let it affect it if that makes sense yeah so how let's say let's start off from like a di- like if you're single and uh and dating how mm-hmm. how does that affect is well it how I mean react? in this yeah so like for example um on dating apps especially uh so I would use like I used to put my social media on there and then you know guys would be like oh I'm gonna add you on social media and I'm just I'm just waiting for it I'm waiting for them to see that I have you know the bipolar diaries across my social media because if I didn't have that I look just like every other you know single 26 year old girl that's got Mm. there um and so they go and look at it and they press follow and within five minutes that follow notification's gone and I know that's what they found yeah a hundred percent I know it's what they found um because when I haven't had it up there it's completely different um so it definitely affects it in that way and then also you know in terms of dating you're a great first date like people with bipolar have the best energy and they're known for being people that others really want to be around but there's also that level of people that can't handle that type of energy for like long term and you know first date second date you're great and then they get to third date and it's just like they just some people can't handle that or you know some people just aren't ready for someone like you so it definitely is difficult in dating has it affected your self-confidence at all or is it something that you're just like their loss move on or has it got you to Um, down it's both. So I have times where I'm definitely, you know, like, sorry, can I swear? Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm definitely like, fuck them. Like I, mm-hmm. my sister always tells me, you know, if they can't accept that, why would, why would you want them to be a part of your life? You don't, you know, you don't want to have to change for anyone. So I definitely say, you know, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks, but then there's also times where, you know, cause growing up, it was kind of, I mean, it still is seen as, you know, bipolar is, you, you, I don't think your parents would really want you to end up with someone with bipolar because they have these issues. You know, your parents want you to be with someone that's, you know, you know, all good, you know, they don't come mm-hmm. with baggage. And I just think um, with how I grew up and, you know, being from Australia or just anywhere in the world, really mental health has always been super, you know, a secret, like don't really discuss it. And so I just feel I have times where I feel like I don't really deserve anyone and that anyone that is going to be with me is I'm lucky to have them because they're putting up with me. And there's also jokes that go around, you know, oh my God, whoever like, you know, puts up with her, that's like, they're a saint. And it's, you know, that kind of thing. It makes you just feel like you never deserve to be in a relationship. But it goes half and half. I more have the other side. I'm more very much like, I don't give a fuck, but I definitely have those times where I feel shit about it. That's, it's so tough. And um, well, I mean, whilst I don't have 
uh, bipolar disorder from my own struggles with mental health I've I can appreciate that those feelings of being like you know it's almost like it feels like in your pros and like if you're making a pros and con list about yourself as a potential partner it feels like it would be a massive con kind of thing yeah um, 100% and it feels like, like something someone will have to just accept about you kind of thing yeah like this is very very hypocritical of me but I don't know if I would, but this is probably on the other side. Like, I don't know if I could date someone with bipolar, but only because I have bipolar as well. It would be such a bad (laughs) fit. Like, imagine that one's in a high, one's in a low, like, but that's only because I have it. I don't know. I mean, if I didn't have bipolar, I would like to think I'd be open-minded to having a relationship with someone that had mental health struggles. And I have had relationships in the past with someone that, you know, has anxiety and things like that. But um, yeah, I think bipolar just takes on a whole new level from what yeah. the original, like, ang- like as we were saying before, yeah. anxiety, depression, bipolar is like a whole new ball game. Do you mind just explaining a bit about um, your diagnosis and history with bipolar yeah. and the kind of things you experience as someone who has bipolar? Yeah, sure. So I just, ever since I was born, I knew something was wrong with me. And I've been in psychiatrist since I was the age of like seven. And I first, the thing about bipolar is that um, it doesn't get kind of kick in until you've head through puberty. So I was just an anxious kid before that. And then when my bipolar kicks in, you suddenly become, there's so many different traits from, you know, you have this overconfidence that you just are so out there and so energetic and so extrovert, but then you have these really down introvert and can I can be really shy sometimes that they don't match up. There's never an in-between. And, you know, you end up, when I have ever um, spoken to a psychiatrist and they're asking me if I'm in, you know, an episode or a cycle, they always ask questions like, have you been spending a lot of money lately? Because one of the things is that you spend a lot of money. You're very impulsive. You know, I get tattoos on a whim kind of thing. You make really rash decisions. And then there's also the sides to it where people bipolar can have really bad addiction issues, I have really bad anger problems sometimes. And like the list is endless. People just think it's moods that are up and down. Mm -hmm. And it really, you know, I can go a few months ago, I was in a cycle and you go like three weeks with sleeping two to three hours a night and you just keep going. And then one day you just crash, but you can't physically sleep because you have, your brain is just like, just going crazy thinking about so many different things. And you're so hyper, but I mean, it comes with its positives. Like bipolar people are usually really energetic. I'm sorry, really energetic and creative. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, you know, people do kind of gravitate to them. Uh, But yeah, so I got diagnosed when I was 20. I was kind of like at my wit's end. I'd been in and out of psychiatrists and psychologists. They kept saying I had anxiety. And then finally one psychiatrist was just like, no, you've got, I have bipolar two disorder, which is a mild version of bipolar one. So my highs and lows are not as high and low as bipolar one, but they frequent more. And yeah, after that day, I got diagnosed. I went on medication and my whole entire life changed. It was the best day of my life. And so, yeah, since then I've been on it for medication for six or seven years now, and it's been the best, like it changed my life forever. Oh, wow. And Mm. so when, at that point, um, when you were, when you had this diagnosis and things started to improve a little bit were you single were you in a relationship actually yes my I was in a um relationship which is really funny you mentioned that because I just booked in my next podcast guest which is my (laughs) ex-boyfriend who went through that with me yeah he went through that with me so 
I was um, with him before I was diagnosed, before I had any inkling that I had bipolar two, and I was a complete mess. And then went through that diagnosis, started medication, and I completely changed as a person, realized I didn't want to be with him, realized I didn't want a boyfriend. It was like before I had my diagnosis, I thought I couldn't amount to anything. I couldn't handle anything else um, that was too big, like a career, because I didn't have the capacity for it in my brain. And then after I had medication, it was suddenly like, I can do whatever the fuck I want in my life. And I'm going to be the best thing that ever came out of this world you get very arrogant with bipolar (laughs) but yeah so that was um uh an interesting change between having a boyfriend in that mix but yeah I've had boyfriends pre-bipolar and post-bipolar and they're completely different relationships between Mm -hmm. the two what are some of the like relationship difficulties that you find um because of uh, your bipolar like what apart from you know general relationship struggles that everyone has what are some of the added complexities uh in that um I mean I guess it would I don't know if this is just a bipolar thing I think it is a bipolar thing but I get bored really easily from being with someone so it's really hard for me to especially now as I've gotten older it's become worse to like commit to someone completely so but I also do not condone cheating. So I pretty much go for like an open relationship sort of vibe because I just Mm -hmm. can't, commitment gives me major anxiety. Um, And then, but yeah, in the past, I guess things like snapping and struggling with my anger, I do feel really connected to anger, not in a abusive way, but just, you know, I can be quite fiery and I can say the most disgusting foul things that come out of my mouth that, you know, can really affect obviously the partner and it won't necessarily be about them but it will just be me raging at something and it just is not nice to hear your partner say things like I fucking hate that little bitch or something like that like it's just not a nice thing um and yeah also just scheduling like I have to stick to it to keep my bipolar under control I have to stick to a schedule I have to eat properly I have to you know, be very on top of what I'm doing. And if my partner isn't along, you know, doing that or wants to have a bit more of a spontaneous life, you know, it can't really work with me because that is what also brings on an episode and a cycle Mm. for people with bipolar is if you go too far out of that um, kind of routine and are constantly moving around, it's going to affect you eventually. Mm, I can imagine. Do you think that your bipolar disorder or some of the added complexities you think that's ever contributed to a relationship breakdown before or oh 100% my um my when I was a lot younger and finishing high school I had a relationship and I just was obsessed you you become really obsessive Mm -hmm. and you are just in this fantasy of like I love them instantly and that obviously is so fucking off-putting like like that's scary (laughs) and I would do these you do these really grand gestures where you you know would buy this extravagant gift that costs so much money and money that you don't have Mm -hmm. and you'll or like I would skip school to run somewhere to buy my ex-boyfriend a present and come back. And then I went to another relationship and again, like I would be breaking down, but I was in a more of a depressed state when I was with him. So I would not be able to leave the bed. I wouldn't be able to get on a bus. I wouldn't be able to do so many things. 
And he was also quite emotionally abusive and didn't really, he obviously didn't understand it. And it just led to complete, it was just horrific. Mm. And it was, you know, the worst relationship I've ever been in. And then there was these sides to me that was so energetic and amazing, but, you know, it led to me, we made like a sex tape once and it led to me just randomly showing my friends the sex tape. And he obviously was like, you've just completely violated my privacy. Mm. And I couldn't understand that. And I was, you know, like 19 at the time and I didn't get why he was so mad where obviously now I'm like, that is fucked what I did. So Mm. definitely can. Yeah. (laughs) Does it cause, um, does it then after the, the episodes or potentially like an angry outburst or for example, like that quite, uh, the sharing of that tape, do you then get like, have to deal with a lot of guilt? Is that, does that? Yeah. 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 Like you obviously you don't want anyone leaving you and you don't want someone to think you're crazy and you so you just you know are apologizing and crying and yeah you have so much guilt because at the end of the day I'm like why the fuck did I do that like that Mm. is weird you have moments where you eventually realize like why would I do that but for the first part you you have a lack of understanding the consequences you don't think of them when you're doing something and it's hard because you can't walk around being like oh, I did this, but don't worry, I have bipolar. So I can, you know, the consequences, Mm. that's why I did it. You can't. So I've been through a lot of, you know, stupid shit that I haven't, yeah, that I've just had to deal with the consequences after without thinking about it and not, you can't blame it on your bipolar. So yeah, Mm. it definitely, um, you definitely feel a lot of guilt for sure. Yeah, I imagine that's quite, I mean, it must be really, really difficult because it's almost like you're a bit disembodied from that version of yourself that did that but it's still you must be quite confusing Um, yeah it is weird I have a really hard time figuring out what is my personality and what is my bipolar Mm. and I feel like I've kind of I've kind of adopted my bipolar hypermanic like side as my personality and that's what I'm trying to navigate through now it's really difficult to distinguish which one's which and it kind of does really play a hard role on what your actual identity is because when I go out on a date all I want to do is be my really fun bipolar self but then I'm like is that even me (laughs) you know I don't actually I'm like when I sit at home I'm like fucking on my laptop doing nothing I'm not actually this exciting (laughs) yeah I guess that is that's difficult as well because for someone who doesn't have bipolar they might do something similar as in like the version of self themselves on a date might be that really extroverted bubbly version True. but in real life they're not really like that but it's hard to know like so how, how much of that is just I'm saying normal but I'm putting that in inverted commas there um yeah how much of that is because of the bipolar or is that just what you're like on dates is that just yeah yeah I have no idea yeah <laughs> and I don't think I'll ever know <laughs> So let's say you're start chatting to someone or dating. So I guess if they've seen your social media profile, they know you've got bipolar. Um, Have there ever been a time where you've had to sort of explain to them, um, so first date, second date, um, if so, like when, yeah, when, when do you tell someone, if they haven't already seen it online, when do you tell someone that this is a part of your life? Um, so I used to like one guy, my ex, my last ex-boyfriend, I told him like two months into dating. Now I do it on the first day because there's just, you know, I'm not wasting my fucking time. And that's the whole point of why I would be a hypocrite 
if I, this, this is why I have the podcast is to make it a normal thing. So if I'm not making it a normal thing on my first dates, then it's never going to become a normal thing. I have to start with myself. And so I usually just drop it in somehow. I usually just, the best way to do it is bring up my podcast and be like, yeah, I've got mm-hmm. a podcast. And then I'll say, well, I have bipolar. And then I explain it, um, which yeah, most of them just like fucking go running, but you know, they're lost. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've had some dates where like a guy was like kind of um, making fun of someone with mental health. And I just was like waiting there kind of, I was getting like pleasure out of knowing I was about to drop this bomb on him because yeah. he was being such a douchebag. Yeah. And I was like, well, I've got bipolar. And then he the should be like, the co- yeah, he tried to kiss me at the end. And I was like, yeah. I've really, ch- oh, no, I was like, my lips are really dry. <laughs> I just walked off. I never saw him again. Oh, yeah. So do you, do you fear rejection when telling someone? I know we've sort of mentioned before that sometimes it can make you feel low, but is there... When, when you do drop it in, is it quite a scary thing or has it become almost so normal now that it's not scary? I mean, what I think people, so people always say like, oh, it's really great that you can talk about bipolar mm-hmm. and it's really strong of you. But I think people forget that one of the symptoms of bipolar is that you have this confidence. So it's really not hard <laughs> to do sometimes. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's just like, you just have this outburst of confidence so I find it quite easy to just drop it Mm -hmm. into conversation with someone and most times when I do drop it if they don't want to continue it I kind of try to just laugh at it now and I'm just Mm -hmm. like oh well like I don't want to be friends I don't want to know them anyway yeah so yeah yeah, it's hard but I've learned to kind of deal with it better do they when you if you are whether they found out previously on your socials or on a first date um do you ever get like do they ever ask you lots of questions about it is it something that they really want to know about because I feel like I don't know because we're just not really taught about what bipolar is and we have all these perceptions. yeah, yeah. So it, I There's, feel yeah what happens so I've actually recently been talking to someone who I'm not sure where it's going to go but like he has asked me so many questions and it's actually been really awesome like to talk to him about it um but even just down to like my flatmates and things like that you can tell it's really awkward at first and they try not to ask questions so they don't sound like they're bothering you but then as few drinks get in and all they want to do is ask questions which is kind of flattering that they want to learn about it Mm -hmm. and they say to me like I really want to know more but yeah not really with dating I mean sometimes into like the second date I've had a lot more questions um and they become a bit more comfortable in it but then I mean I don't want to like tell them all the ugly stuff straight away because even though I do have bipolar it's like I still don't like it's not like you sit there and just reveal like oh hey I cry like three times a week (laughs) like on the second day not saying I cry three times a week only sometimes but you don't want to like always give that away so soon yeah I guess yeah I was going to say like how do you find that balance of like it being you know it's, it's part of your work now and something that you talk about openly but also mm. I guess for me as well because I um I have a separate podcast where I talk about my mental health a lot and um I find like, I don't want my like depression to be my identity like because there's so much other mm. parts of me how do you like deal with the separation of this is important to me and I want to talk to you know be able to have those conversations with a potential boyfriend or partner whatever Mm. even someone you're dating but without it being everything about you 
I, I don't know. It doesn't really bother me, like the label of everything. I, mm. like, as I said, I, I'm finding it hard to distinguish between my bipolar, like, and personality, but there's something, there's so many positives to my bipolar that people wouldn't realize that I like can't, I almost love it. Sometimes I feel really special. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can be like, I wouldn't have started this podcast if I didn't have bipolar. So I have a yeah. lot that I owe to it. And, you know, you can be so creative and as I said, you can be so energetic and, but obviously it comes with it downside. So I don't, I don't know. I kind of have made my life about it, but it doesn't bother me. I'm actually quite okay. like, I've really accepted it as being a part of me. Yeah. So we've we've mentioned a bit about like preconceived ideas and people sort of think it's, you know, just mood changes all the time or mood swings and things like that. What are some of the other like really preconceived ideas that you feel like people that you're dating or just the general public has about bipolar that aren't necessarily true? I think it's more not that they, I think everyone just like, thinks it's only the mood swings I think it's more that they don't realize there's so much more to it like I wouldn't just swing out of a mood something has to trigger me you know what I mean I wouldn't just be like actually I'm it has to be related I could be stressed I could be this I could be eating badly like it has to be triggered but you know people with bipolar um are very sexual they when they're in a um when they're in a cycle they go into hypersexuality and Mm they you know want to just fuck anything (laughs) not anything but you know what I mean like I just get so horny and just want to sometimes go home with a random that just will have no judgment of me the next day which other women find really hard to understand and men just call you a slut you know what I mean so they don't understand that this is actually you know it can like and I don't think there's anything wrong with women but it's just it's just frustrating that even though it's great that we can do that now as women, it's still annoying that people don't understand that that is a part of bipolar. And then back to, you know, like think about how fast I'm talking right now. That is Mm. a condition of bipolar is that you just speak at people and no one can track your thoughts. Your mind is just racing all the time, which is why we don't sleep. So most bipolar, bipolar people sleep like three hours a night, pretty much. And you're just constantly on and then you'll crash eventually. And then, yeah, the spending, the confidence, the, the I mean, the list goes on, but yeah. I think they're the main ones that people are always really shocked by that mm-hmm. something such as like how much money you spend can show you whether someone's in an episode or not. Wow. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. I think, yeah, you just, I mean, my understanding uh, when I was younger off bipolar was that it was like, yeah, up and down. And then, but the that people could get really aggressive and angry and it was almost like a scary mm. mental health condition whereas I'm sort of understanding now right it's not it's not scary like it's yeah I probably like, made myself sound scary before my anger is not bad it's more just like I get angry within myself you know what I mean like yeah. my temper is so bad that within mm-hmm. myself but yeah but I, I mean I don't know anyone but I'm sure there is people out there that do this but I don't know anyone with bipolar that is like abusive Mm. in a physical way or anything like that but yeah there is I think the anger comes from frustration like I'm frustrated that I'm upset and I'm angry that I've let this get to me sort of thing yeah and I think that also can stem across quite a few different mental health conditions um Mm. you know I know that from when I've been in depressive episodes that I become a very I just become very very irritable um and I'm more likely to lash out at people and that's just a part of it it doesn't 
doesn't make you scary or untrustworthy it, it just means that you've got so much frustration in your head yeah um, that you're like is that your body needs an outlet and it needs to yeah. shake off um, I honestly think 50% of the time my uh, when I'm upset is purely because I'm upset at the fact that I'm upset yeah literally, literally. <laughs> I know I'll be like crying or whatever and then I start crying even heavier because I'm like I shouldn't have like why am I crying yeah so I'm like I'm bipolar and that's why I'm upset yeah. <laughs> and then the reason like an hour later like the reason you're crying is so different from the first reason that you cry yeah um <laughs> Have you got like any tips or advice for like if someone's in a so from the other side of the, the spectrum? So if someone is currently dating someone or in a relationship with someone who has bipolar, like how obviously everyone's different, but what tips can you give that would to support the person? Or what would you want if you were gonna be in a like a long-term relationship? What would how would you want the person to support you? Um, I mean one of the, it was really odd because my ex-boyfriend who was great with me, he never really, we never really discussed, he let me discuss my bipolar, but he never really said anything about it. He just kind of acted as if I was just normally upset. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of nice because it never made me feel like I always felt like the best version of myself because he never made me feel crazy. He never made me feel like what I was feeling wasn't normal. He was kind of just like, oh yeah, like that sucks. Like, you know, it was just very nice to feel like I wasn't, oh, I'm upset because of my bipolar. It was just, it was a nice feeling, but I mean, oh, you know, the classic ones, like avoid the words, chill out. That just drives Ooh. me insane or calm down. Like I'm sure everyone hates those. Yeah. Um, but I guess, yeah, just be, just try and notice patterns. I think it's really great when my family can really see when I'm going into a cycle or an episode or whatever, they can catch it sometimes before I can. Mm -hmm. And just, but then also like, I like to drink, but then if my family, you know, they kind of let me drink and they'll know when I need to, I'll know when I need to stop. But if mm -hmm. anyone ever questions that I should stop drinking, it really pisses me off Yeah, because I'm like, I've worked so hard to get to where I am that you think I don't have a handle on it and I'll know yeah. when I need to take time off. So I think just making sure that you're just supporting them and making sure they're in just like monitoring it, I guess. I mean, that sounds like a fucking full-time job, but also yeah. they're doing the same thing back for you. Like I'm always yeah. monitoring my partner, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the best advice is to just make sure you're always aware of what's going on. And if you notice any changes, just keep tabs on it. And hopefully you're with someone that, also notices those changes in themselves and just keep asking if they're okay and just yeah what would be what do you think would be like some red flags in a partner what would be some things to think oh actually should I be with this person like for example I guess for you like you said if someone kept every time you were drinking if they were really like hounding you and stuff like that that might be something that you wouldn't want to put up with can you think of any I other mean... things like that which would be a bit of a red flag I mean, dependent. I mean, some obviously people with bipolar shouldn't necessarily drink. Some people shouldn't. So I don't know if that's the best example for okay. me, but yeah. for me personally, and I know others just more like for how hard I've worked and, you know, I've been drinking and have a great life since, you know, I was diagnosed, but it's in moderation. So mm. not something like that, but I guess just having someone, I think red flags, like gaslighting and things, people, mm. they'll, a partner will, look to blame things on you because you're an easy scapegoat because you have mm. bipolar. So it's going to be see. your fault 
because that is their excuse is, you know, oh, well, you're the one with the problem. And just incredibly judgmental, not wanting you to speak about it openly to like their family. I've had, you know, people in the past shut me down when I've like spoken about mental health in front of their family. Like your partner should love that part about you um, and really push you to be more confident in talking about it. But yeah, I would say the biggest thing for me would be like the blaming things on you because you will take it as if it's your fault because you do have bipolar. At the end of the day, you think that they're more uh, emotionally stable than you are. But half the time, it's really not. People just find it a lot easier to blame it on you because they can. Yeah. And that creates such an unhealthy like power dynamic as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If I'm ever upset in any situation besides my family and a few of my friends, a lot of people will be like, oh, it's because she's bipolar. Mm. It's like, no, it's because I fucking have a right to be upset about this shitty situation that just happened. (laughs) Yeah, like it doesn't make you immune to, like if someone's a a dick to you or- Exactly. Like that's got nothing to do with your mental health. That's anyone. Exactly. Yeah. But it's easy to be like, yeah, I can see. I mean, that must be so, so frustrating. Um, So frustrating. A lot of people say that, and I've seen this of, I've been given this as advice. I've seen it all over the internet that you need to sort of 100% be okay in yourself and love yourself and be fully healed and stable before dating or getting involved with anyone. And I don't know if I 100% agree with that. What do you feel about that whole like don't date and that sort of narrative? I oh, I always contradict myself when I talk about this because I partially am like, yes, 100% need to work on yourself. Mm. Like at the moment, I'm like, I don't want a boyfriend. I'm not ready because I get really anxious, all that kind of crap. But then sometimes I think it's half and half. I don't think you should completely work on yourself being with someone because I think you'll become dependent. But I mean, I think... I know and I'm starting to realize a lot more now I will be working on myself for the rest of my life so unless I want to be by myself forever (laughs) but I still do realize that like the amount of anxiety I do get from being with someone I definitely probably am not ready but Mm. you know I definitely I I can't agree with that statement anymore about you need to Mm. 100% be there because otherwise I mean you're never really going to 100% be there yeah I think it's such a balance I think sometimes especially when I was in sort of rough patches when I saw things like that it, it felt like it was reinforcing that I didn't deserve to be in a relationship mm. so sort of going back to what you said at the beginning that you're not worthy of love um when that I think that's quite a different narrative to saying like you know in order to be in a healthy relationship it is important to know what you want to feel ready to make sure you're you're at least partly past partly healed from traumas or certain things that are going mm. on so I think it's maybe just like a wording thing, I think. Yeah, because yeah. I know what I want in a relationship. I know what I'm looking for. I have, yeah. you know, five non-negotiable kind of things, but mm-hmm. there's still, I think more for me, it's more like I have PTSD as well. So it's more like trauma that I need to get through. And also I have a really hard time trusting anyone. Mm-hmm. I don't trust anyone at all. And that's a real like friends. I love my friends, but mm-hmm. I th- I still think there's that part of me that's like, I don't trust anyone mm-hmm. and not even them. So Do you think that's, that's something just- for me. Is that, do you think that's part of the bipolar or part of just past experiences? I think it's past, I think it's because I've had so many people when I was younger not enjoy me because of my bipolar mm-hmm. that I think that everyone will eventually turn on me because that's all I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I'm only just starting to get to a place in the past few years where 
people aren't and I still mm. am just waiting for them to do so and it's nothing to do with them it's only to do with yeah. myself yeah I mean that must be sort of just exhausting and well you just always have your guard up I'm just yeah. always like yeah I'm just like waiting for them to do something to portray me and that sounds so bad because my friends are amazing yeah yeah <laughs> it's all in my head that's a difficult thing with um with mental health conditions is like you know I I've experienced a lot of friendship anxiety where I literally think my friends hate me and sometimes I message mm. them being like I'm so sure you hate me and they're like what the fuck no <laughs> um and I'm like, and they're like oh is there anything I've done and I like no like you've probably been the most like the model friend like the model of friendship but my mm. head is telling me that that's not the case so yeah like, it's quite difficult explaining that to someone who doesn't know I've more like. had like I've more had that I have given so much to friendships in the past that I haven't received it back and that's what's hurt but I had to understand that not everyone's gonna want the same sort of friendship that I give off so I needed to just learn that like sometimes it's just not gonna you know it won't meet my expectations and I need to make sure that I keep a distance for my a healthy kind of distance of what that friendship expectation is going to be but yeah, it's definitely, yeah, I definitely have mad trust problems with just everyone in the world. Is that, I'm guessing that that translates to dating as well. Yeah, but not in like a cheating sense. I just yeah. like, I don't think I've never been cheated on and I don't really have a worry for that. I don't really, it's never been something that I feel insecure about. It's more just someone ending it or someone kind of um like talking bitching about me like a boyfriend Mm. going and talking shit about me because I've had that happen so many times that I'm just prepared for them to talk nasty about me to people yeah that's that's really really tough um yeah when you are uh dating um do you have any like routines or stuff or anything that you do to help make sure that it's a really nice process and it doesn't take a toll on your mental health or it doesn't trigger an episode um gosh I don't know I mean okay this is probably really bad to say but I as I said before I get really anxious with um relationships especially when I like someone too much so I have this habit which isn't a good habit and I'm not recommending it to anyone but for the past few years it has kind of served me well I don't necessarily date people that are my type. I purposely date guys that I'm not like necessarily overly into because then I feel like I won't get hurt as much when it ends. So not good advice to give out (laughs) at all. Um, But also just things, I don't know, like just little things. Like I don't save anyone's number because I'm like, I'm out of sight, out of mind completely. Mm. If something ends or if something... (laughs) I sound so negative. I'm just realized all my topics are talking about ending. <laughs> like when no, it's over, that, when I, this happens. I feel like I'm so cynical towards relationships. So I'm not, I'm not judging you at all here. But maybe yeah, I just listening. I just feel like I'm realistic. I'm just like, yeah. I don't know. I just know that I'm not gonna find the one right now. But yeah, I'm just more, I just always remember before I go on a date, I'm just like, if they don't like me, then that's on them it's not on me so that's probably I think just like making and also like you know just making sure I feel beautiful and things like that and just know that there is gonna I just keep reminding myself there are people that are gonna be there out there that love me and I think also the best thing that gets me through my bipolar is I don't look at it as like a overly emotional tragic thing I see it more as a chemical imbalance that I was born with something like asthma something like an allergy Mm. and 
that is it just becomes more sciencey to me and yeah. medical so I don't feel as does that make sense it's harder to then like sort of tear yourself down for it yeah because, it makes me just feel like I was born with this and it's, it's just a chemical it imbalance in my yeah. brain it's just how it is so it makes me feel a lot more confident about it yeah I think and I wish that if more people saw it like that um because I still mm. think there's this massive stigma around what mental health actually is and this sort of whole scary thing but when it's like broken down into yeah it's a chemical imbalance and some people yeah. just have it and it doesn't have to mean that they went they had a really traumatic childhood I mean maybe it, it's everyone's different but it, it can just be as simple as there's yeah. a chemical imbalance in their brain just like you know, like you said some people have asthma and certain things some people are deaf or blind and I think when we understand it like that it's mm. It's a lot more easier to accept. Yeah. Because you can't like, physically, you can't physically see it. So people yeah. just think, think you're making it up or over-exaggerating. Yeah. And like, I take medication every single day of my life and I will have to take that yeah. for the rest of my life because it's not like it's, I'm not getting that chemical without that medication. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the best way I think of it. Yeah. And I think as well, like people don't, if you come across quite high functioning, um, and, you know, especially now, that although it's amazing that we're talking more about anxiety and depression, it's I sometimes feel like, you know, if you're not, you know, struggling to get out of bed each day because of your depression, it's almost like, well, then you don't have depression. Or if you're out being bubbly and friendly, then your mental health must be absolutely fine when, you know, it, it really doesn't work like that. Um, oh my gosh I put on a I'll like leave home feeling the most depressed and I'll get to work as if I'm like the happiest yeah. person in the world and I put on this yeah. entire act yeah it's crazy yeah, yeah. no People I can have no idea and it's it's really almost freaky that how how we can do yeah that. The, but it's like a whole it's not even just like I'm a bit happy it's like I am I, as if I'm the most positive person that day mm-hmm. where I've literally just left bed feeling absolutely worthless so that is I think people don't realize that part to mental health yeah I mean that's just proof that you just never know what's going on in someone's life yeah um, exactly and on that note we're gonna wrap up with some true or false questions about Ooh mental health and dating so yeah so I mean you got a 50% chance it's uh so yeah just let me know if you think the statement I read out is true oh my god I'm really bad at being tested I'm gonna fail this okay (laughs) it's not like a proper test um okay okay uh according to a survey by psych guides 80% of male respondents have told their partners about their mental illness false you are right, only 50% yeah. of men. Um, yeah, it's so sad. It's just heartbreaking. And also mm. um, only 73% of women as well have told their partners. Really? Oh my God, I just couldn't keep it a secret. I can't. But I can no, understand I why know. people yeah. feel like they, but I just, it's written all over me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, second one, mental health problems went up by 20% between 1993 and 2014 in both men and women. True? Yeah, that's true. Would that be because of social media and like just the world becoming a shitstorm or something? I'm know. not sure. This is, I've, I don't know the exact, I mean, that would be really interesting to research. Um, Mm. I feel like social media would have a lot to do with that and like keyboard warriors and all that kind of stuff, but I could be wrong, but yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, And I mean, I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure what the stats are for the last year, but 
the pandemic mm. obviously has oh my really, gosh yeah it would be so much worse yeah it just it, it breaks my heart a bit with the because I think most people have seen especially within young people the effects of, of um pandemic and, and mental health um mm. thirdly one in a hundred people will be diagnosed with bipolar disorder at some point in their life true true yeah three out of three I need that one yeah I, <laughs> I mean I think when you talk about mental health pretty much every day of your life you can kind of gauge yeah. what's because yeah those were I don't want to say they were easy, but yeah, you kind of just, I talk about mental health every single day. So oh, I was so nervous. No, you absolutely person. smashed. I think you're the, you might be the first first guest I've had on who's got hundred percent. Excellent. I would so. seem like a fraud. I would feel like I'm the biggest fraud if I got those wrong. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so thank interesting. Thank you for having me. No worries. No, I love talking about it. I think, yeah, I think it's so important that we continue to talk about it and especially like shed lights on not just depression and anxiety, um, mm. for sure. Um, would you mind just sharing your social media handles and where people can find your podcast as well? Yeah, of course. So my podcast can be found on Spotify. Uh, um, it's called The Bipolar Diaries and it's also on the RSS feed for podcasts. And then my social media handle is at the BP Diaries underscore. Um, which has, I basically record all my podcasts um, and upload little trailers and show them on IGTV. And I also have a blog, www.thebpdiaries.com, where you can read some of my old posts. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. 